Welcome to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.vlchurch.tv. We don't want to be long. We want to encourage you. And I just feel the presence of God this morning. I know that there are people here that He wants to really deal with. There's someone listening now that has really been struggling and, and I don't have a, a download. I don't know what it is. I just get this sense that God wants to speak to you today. He wants to encourage your soul. Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. That is the word he's speaking over you today. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. That God has a word for you today. And he wants to encourage you. He wants to build you up, to strengthen you, to give you everything you need so that his power can be revealed in your life so you can get through the struggle that you're facing. It may be completely unrelated to the coronavirus. It might be relationship related. There's someone listening that is dealing with a specific relationship that is eating your lunch and God wants to speak this over you. Let not your heart be troubled. God loves you. He sees you. He knows your pain. He knows your brokenness. And he wants to encourage you this morning because he loves you. He's a good father. This morning, we're going to be in two passages of scripture. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can log on and find our events page and find the verses there. But we're going to be in two famous prayers and two famous passages of scripture. The first is found in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms, chapter 23. If you don't know how to get to Psalms, you have one of those regular Bibles with paper and ink on it. If you just take it and open it right in half, you should land in the book of Psalms. You just go to chapter 23, we'll be there. And then also in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, so it's pretty easy to navigate there. And we're going to look at two prayers in the Bible to encourage us as we kind of round off this three-week teaching on this state of emergency as we're addressing how to respond when we're afraid. See, the first week, and we'll see this as kind of the culmination of what we've been talking about, the first week we talked about fear and how fear for us, if we break that down as an acronym, fear for us as children of God, as followers of Jesus, isn't something that should destroy us or tear us apart. But fear is a reminder that we need to first enter Abba's rest. First enter Abba's rest. That was week number one. That we need to stop, disconnect from the noise, and get into the presence of God. Seek His face and allow God to give us strength. And then week two, we, we looked at this idea that fear also should remind us that faith is not just a mental agreement, a belief. That faith actually requires action. That faith will bring us into a response. I heard this week... Someone said that there are a lot of believers in Jesus who agree with what Jesus said, but not a lot of them do what he said. That there's a difference between believing and agreeing with what Jesus said, what Jesus taught, and actually doing. And that's what faith does. It takes us from just agreeing into the doing. And when we do that, we release the power of God in our lives and in the lives of those we love and care about. So week two... We saw that faith engaged activates a response. We respond to the presence of God. We respond to the word of God. We respond to who God is. And that is demonstrated in our lives. And then this week, 
we're going to see by breaking down these two prayers that the Father extends awesome rewards. That instead of letting fear be used as a weapon of the enemy to destroy us, if we break away and get alone with the Lord, we walk in His presence, if we respond in faith, we'll see how the Father extends awesome rewards. Our God is a good God. He gives good gifts to His children. Everything good, every good gift comes from the Father. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. This is what's often called the Lord's Prayer. It's really the disciples' prayers. Jesus is teaching His disciples how to pray. They asked Him, Lord, how do we pray like You? They saw the results of God's time of prayer, to Jesus having time with the Father. He would do miracles and miraculous things. He seemed to come from those times being alone with God, just unstoppable and fearless. And so they were like, we want to we pray like that too. We want to know when we enter the presence of God that we're going to walk away with that same faith, that same fearless devotion to the Lord that you have. And so Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And many of us can quote this from the you know, top of our head. So I want you to speak this with me. The verses will also be on the screen. But in verse 9, it says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Here we go. Ready? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's amazing is Jesus first begins this prayer. He says, when you pray, pray like this. He says, pray our Father. What he's saying is, you belong to God. You belong to God. If you're his child, you belong to the Father. There's relationship there. And so he starts off by shifting us away from this orphan spirit. Many of us, we go through life thinking we have to live so good that we have, we have to convince God by the way we live to do good things for us or to love us. And that's the opposite. God loved us first. He demonstrated his love by sending Jesus on the cross. And through that love and bringing us into fellowship with him, he can pour his blessings out upon us. God is eagerly waiting to bless us. It's often our faith in our lives that get in the way of his blessing. I don't want to hurt anybody here today, but this is just a reality that sometimes we get in the way of God's blessing by our lack of faith, our lack of obedience. God is eagerly waiting to bless your life. He is a good Father. He is your Father who is in heaven. And he continues by saying, Hallowed be thy name. This is the supreme God. He is far and above everything else. There is Nothing else in all of creation that compares to God. No matter what we face, we have to think of it like this. God spoke everything into existence that is created. Even the elements that make up the coronavirus are subject to the power of God. Even the devil, the supreme wicked being on the earth, the one who is the most evil and wicked, the results, the, who has instigated evil and pain and suffering over all the world, the one who convinced Adam and Eve to sin against God and unleashed wickedness and evil into the world. Even he is subject to God. There is none like him. He may lie to you and tell you that he's more powerful, that he has something God is holding out on, that he can give you something God can't. He's a liar. Not even Satan compares to God. All of creation is subject to this one holy, mighty, supreme being. And here 
Jesus is saying when you pray, recognize you're praying to your Father. Recognize He is holy. That word hallowed means holy, set apart. There is none like Him. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's telling you through this prayer, let nothing come into your mind or into your view that will diminish who God is to you. Don't let anything come into your mind or into your view that will diminish who God is to you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord of all creation. God is faithful. He's trustworthy. He always comes through. His plans are always good. His strength is perfect and made perfect in our weakness. And we can trust Him even in the most difficult seasons. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 6, or Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. David, as he's penning this famous prayer, he tells us more about who this Father is, who this God is of ours. He says, The Lord is our shepherd, and I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. This great God of ours isn't just sitting in heaven laughing at what's happening on earth. He's not distant. He's not afar off. He is close. He is near to all who call on the name of the Lord. All of His children, all of His sheep who hear His voice, He knows and they follow Him. If you're following the Lord, God knows. And as a good shepherd, He is leading you to green pastures. This phrase, I shall not want, means you will not have need. God knows your need even before you ask Him. And as the good shepherd, He is leading you in your life. If you're following Him by faith, you're not like the sheep that wanders off and does your own thing. You're not, you're not saying, yeah, I think God is good, but I'm going to live my own life, or I'm going to live according to my own wisdom. But you get into His Word, you see His will for your life, you see what He's planned for you, and how He wants you to live, and you trust Him, and you follow Him with all your heart. God is going to lead you to those green pastures where you will have everything you need. He leads you beside still waters which means He wants to bring refreshing into your life. He wants to restore your soul. You can't be restored without first going through something difficult, without first having trouble, struggle, or trial in your life. So God is going to take you through those difficult seasons into that time of refreshing and restoration if you follow Him. Why? Because He's your Father. He's your Shepherd. He wants to take care of you. He wants to bless you. He wants to restore you. He wants to provide for you. Some of you, you in your life that you feel like you've messed it up so badly, how could God ever restore everything that's broken in your life? And I'm here to say that with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And God wants to begin that restoration work in your life if you just call out to Him and say, God, take my life. I choose today to follow you, the Good Shepherd. Lead me to those green pastures. In the name of Jesus. He's a good God. Matthew 6.10. Jesus continues and he says, pray this with me. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's bringing us into, he's causing us to shift our mindset from just earthly things to now heavenly things. The heartbeat of Jesus is that the Father's will would be accomplished in the earth. That everything on earth would function and operate just as it does in 
heaven, that the present reality of heaven would come down and become the present reality of earth. And we know this will be fulfilled one day when the trumpet sounds, the sky parts, and Jesus descends on the earth uh, on that white horse, and he brings the victory from heaven down to earth. But Paul, in Romans chapter 8, he tells us that even now, as we're waiting for that promise to be completely fulfilled, that Jesus has poured out his Spirit, and he's given us the Holy Spirit as a foretaste of that future glory to give us a glimpse in the here and now of the beautiful perfection, the blessing that is to come. So that in the present time now, in and through the work of the Holy Spirit, we can experience God's love. We can experience God's goodness. We can experience His perfect will. And through us, that partnership we have with God, God can bring about His will into the world. The Spirit of God empowers us to think like Jesus to live like Jesus, and he leads us into all truth. Jesus said if we remain in the truth, the truth will, what church? It'll set us free. So if we lean on the Spirit, we follow the Spirit, we walk after the Spirit, not only will we experience the goodness of God, the peace of God, the presence of God, but God's going to release that through our lives. And as we cling to the truth, not only is it going to break us free from the bondage, from sin, from strongholds, from struggles, but God's going to release that same anointing through our lives to help deliver other people and set other people free. And as we are working to see the, the world set free, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our co-workers, as we are releasing that anointing into the world, the kingdom is going to come and his will is going to be done. Why? Because we are walking in step with the Lord, who is our shepherd, our heavenly Father. There are no prisoners in heaven. Think about this. There are no prisoners in heaven. There are only sons and daughters. What would the world be like if there were no people lost to an orphan spirit? Or those outside of the family of God, but all of us. We're called of God. All of us were in the family. All of us were blood-bought, forgiven, filled with the Spirit. Imagine what the world would be like. There are no prisoners in heaven, only sons and daughters. And Jesus, in this prayer, is leading us as the church to shift our focus from what we experience on earth to have a heavenly view that we would begin to pray that God's kingdom would come now, His will would be done now, not just to usher in future events as we wait in the comfort of our own homes for Jesus to return, but that we would begin to live now the way God will fulfill then. His will is, is that we begin living now the way God will bring into fullness in eternity. Psalm 23, verse 3 says, He leads me on paths of righteousness for His namesake. He leads me as the shepherd. He's leading you as the shepherd. He's leading you somewhere on the paths of righteousness for his namesake. This is part of the will of God being done on the earth as it is in heaven. It glorifies the Father when his children reflect his glory in the earth. When you and I live like Jesus, when we talk like Jesus, when we release blessing instead of cursing, when we sow in generosity instead of hoard in selfishness, when we pray for healing rather than 
release cursing over people. We bring God glory. And when God can partner with us and release his power through our lives to heal the sick, to, to minister to those who are in darkness, God gets great glory. And the more glory God gets, the more light shines in the earth, the more people can come out of darkness and into the light. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. I believe as God has been speaking to my wife and I, and we've been hearing through others in, in the Christian world as we've been listening to different messages and, and podcasts and just studying the Word of God, we've been hearing this trend that there's a shift coming into the body of Christ. God is getting ready to pour out His Spirit in a way that we've never experienced. And God is speaking to us. He spoke to my wife this week that we need to get ready. We need to become ready for what He's about to do so we don't miss out or what is coming. So there's something that God is getting ready to pour out. And, and to me, he spoke this word alignment. It's been on my mind all week this week that there's an alignment coming to the body of Christ. And what the Lord spoke to me, I feel like the Holy Spirit just said that those who are kind of on the fence, those who aren't really following, they're going to fall away. They're going to turn away. They're going to be like, this is too hard. This is too much. And they're going to fall away uh, to to follow their own path. Those that are leaning in right now, they're going to grab even tighter. They're going to lean in even more. And God is going to pour down blessing upon them. And those that are outside the faith family now that God has called before time to become sons and daughters, they're going to turn to the one who can save their souls. They're going to give their lives to Jesus. They're going to break generational bondage. They're going to uh, see miracles happen in their family. Their marriages are going to be restored. Family uh, disconnection is going to become family connection. And just amazing things that God is planning. But if we're not leaning in, if we stay out of joint, out of alignment, we're going to miss the blessing that God is going to pour out. God showed me a, a car, and when a car is out of alignment, you can drive straight, but it's a battle either way. And as you're trying to drive straight with wheels that are out of alignment, you're causing excess wear and tear on your tires. It's causing damage to keep it in alignment. And that's kind of the way the church has been for some time. We've been trying to drive straight, but it's been a struggle to drive straight. But the Spirit is going to pour out this blessing, and we're going to be able to drive straight without hindrance. And it's going to become fluid and easy. We're going to see blessing like we haven't seen, healing like we haven't seen, salvation like we haven't seen, baptism like we haven't seen but we got to be ready we got to be following the shepherd on the paths of righteousness that are going to bring him glory in God's kingdom there are no poor there are, we are all rich in Christ for as the children of God he has poured out every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in God's kingdom there are no sick all are healed by the stripes. By his stripes we are healed. In the God's kingdom there's no class warfare because we are equal in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom there's no selfishness. Everyone gives freely in generosity. There's no self-deception, no selfish ambition. We give as freely as we have received. In God's kingdom we are filled with joy. We follow the spirit. We walk in faith and we respond with acts of faith. God is leading us on the paths of righteousness so that you and I can usher in the kingdom of God. We can reveal the kingdom of God to the world. He's not done with us. Beloved, He's not done with you. What was yesterday, that's yesterday. Today His mercy is new. Stand up again, righteous one. 
Strengthen your weak hands and your weak knees. Receive the refreshing and restoration of the Lord. Because God has a purpose for you today. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, say it together, give us this day our daily bread. We need this message more than ever right now. Give us this day our daily bread. This is a reference into the Old Testament when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt and they were getting ready to go into the promised land. But because of a lack of faith, they rebelled against God and God said, no, you're not going to get the promised land. Now you're going to wander the desert for 40 years. And at, after 40 years, then after those that were faithless died off, then I will take that next generation into the promised land. But while they were in the promised land, God supernaturally provided for their needs. He provided this honey bread in the morning called manna. Every morning they would wake up and it would be all over the ground and they could go collect however much they wanted for the day. And God gave them a specific command. He said, gather the bread, this manna, only what you need for today and keep nothing for tomorrow. Don't, don't gather extra for tomorrow. And this manna, it was this, this thing they'd never seen before. And the word manna actually means, what is it? What is it? They didn't know what it was, so they just called it, what is it bread? I, I guess that would be a, a cool marketing campaign on the you know Walmart shelf. What is it bread? But uh, they, they didn't know what it was, but they knew it was good. They knew it was from God, and so they would gather what they were needed. But there were some that had selfish ambition in their heart. And they gathered more than what they needed for the day. And in the next day, when they woke up, the bread was moldy, filled with worms, and it was no good. And God's anger was released against the tribe for disobedience because what they were showing when they were seeking for more than just what they needed for today, what they were really saying is, God, I don't trust you with my tomorrow. I don't really trust you with my life. I'm going to ensure through my own wisdom, my own power, my own intellect, that I can maintain my own comfort. And so I'm going to do what I need to do. And we can see this in the grocery aisles. We can see this everywhere where people are trying to hoard. They're not trusting God for their daily bread. But you, if you're a child of God, you're the son or daughter of the Most High. The Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. Give us this day our daily bread. We can trust him for our daily bread today. Why Jesus has us pray for daily bread? So we don't get into that hoarding mentality where we continue to trust and lean on him for what we need today. And our God is a good God. He always gives us more than just what we need. He always gives us more than what we need. Why? So that we can then sow generosity and be used as his hand or his arm to help others receive what they need to demonstrate his glory. Matthew 6.33, Jesus gives a promise that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and we'll have everything that we need. It's a promise of God. If we continue on the paths of righteousness, giving God glory with our lives, walking in faith and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not have lack for want. The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6.12, Jesus concludes the prayer and he says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The pursuit of righteousness first begins with our own heart. The pursuit of righteousness first begins with us. How can we ask God for forgiveness if we're unwilling to forgive others? How can we ask God to do for us if we're unwilling to do for others? 
So Jesus is getting us to shift to who God is, who we are to God, what God is doing in the kingdom, what God desires from us, and then he's inviting us into a moment to respond to that truth. God, here's my whole heart. I release those who wronged me because I recognize I've wronged you and I've wronged other people. What right do I have to judge others when I myself should be judged? So I'm going to release what's in my heart. I'm going to let my heart come into alignment with your truth, with who you are, your holiness and your righteousness, and I'm going to offer forgiveness. And then I'm going to ask you to forgive me. I'm going to release others and I ask you to forgive me. I'm going to release others of their debts as I seek you to be released of my own debts. And as I allow my heart, as you allow your heart to come into alignment with what God wants for us, He can fill that space that was once occupied by negativity with the peace that passes all understanding, with the love and joy of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Satan no longer has access to your heart. The door becomes closed to the enemy. Lead us not into temptation. Close the door to the enemy, but deliver us from evil. It first begins with your heart. Paul in the New Testament says, if we let the sun go down on our anger, it gives a foothold to the devil. The first way to let the enemy into your life is to not give God your whole heart. It's to hold on to your heart, to hold on to your, a piece of it, to not give God all that you are. So God hears a heart. Enemy, we close the door to you. Fear, we close the door to you. Shame, we close the door to you. Condemnation, we close the door to you. Bitterness, unforgiveness, we close the door to you because we give God our heart. Lord, cleanse us, wash us, make us clean. Why? Because yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Because I am fully satisfied when you are most glorified. I am fully satisfied when you are most glorified. None of the stuff I'm holding on to is going to bring me satisfaction, but you will. And the way that I can get that satisfaction from you is giving my whole self to you. Yours is the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As we pursue righteousness, we give God our hearts. Or we wake up to the realization of Psalm 23, beginning verse 5. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But he anoints my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Think about this. You're in the presence of your enemies. The enemy, the devil, all of his angels. There could be other scenario. It's all around you. But what we do is we trust as we walk the paths of righteousness, giving God our heart, as we're interceding, as we're walking in His ways, God is with us. Our Father is with us. And guess what? No matter who's around us, no matter who is surrounding us, we are anointed for the moment. Not only do we have a little anointing, we have an abundance of anointing. The anointing of the Spirit will overflow in our lives, not only to overcome what the enemy is throwing at us, but we can sit at the table of the Lord and eat of His delicacies without fear of what the enemy might do. Why? Because He's with us and we're anointed. We're His anointed one. We're empowered 
for the moment. We're empowered for His purpose. We're empowered for His will. For thine is the kingdom. Verse 23, verse 6 of chapter or Psalms chapter 23. It ends with this beautiful passage. It says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we're not just hearers, but we're doers, if we let the truth of God rise up and strengthen our belief so that our faith can be unleashed and we experience the goodness of God, the mercy of God, we get to enjoy the privilege of His blessings, of His presence, not only now, but for all eternity. David said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. We, as the children of God, who have the Spirit of God living in us, get to live in His presence forever. Not only now, but also for all eternity. What an amazing thing. That we get to experience fulfilled promises now. But what's awaiting for us in eternity is even better. As we follow the shepherd, we won't want. Why? Because the Lord is our Father. And He is leading us on the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So His kingdom can come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And He will give us our daily bread. He will provide all of our needs. As we shift our hearts to be in alignment with His will, we live according to His purpose and plan. We will see His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bill Johnson, pastor of Bethel Church, is credited for saying something like this, that the Holy Spirit of God is a prisoner in the hearts of believers who refuse to let Him out. And God is inviting you into an amazing journey of discovery of who He is and what He has purposed for your life simply by following the Spirit and letting the Spirit out to do whatever He wants to do in your life. The enemy of faith is fear. And in a state of emergency, when you feel fear, let me encourage you, church, first, enter Abba's rest. Secondly, let your faith become engaged. Let it activate a response. And then you'll know the powerful truth of these two prayers, that our Father gives us awesome rewards. What an amazing truth. Today, you can begin acting on the Word of God by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, or maybe you were like one of those ones I spoke of earlier where you, you like Jesus, you, you think what He says is true, you agree, but you've just not been living in, in obedience to His Word. You've been living your own life. You, you, you like how church makes you feel, but there's been a part of you that you've not surrendered to the Lord. And so you've got all this stuff going on and you're wondering, what, what can I do today to begin a change, to begin uh, breaking away from all this bondage, all this struggle, all these difficulties that I'm experiencing, all this heartache? The first thing is to give God your heart. To give your heart to the Lord today. And maybe it's the first time that you've really said, Jesus, I'm tired of living for myself. I'm giving you all of me today. And if that's you, you need to do that. And we'll give you the opportunity to do that in just a moment. Maybe you're listening and you've had faith your whole life, but your whole faith life could be summed up in simple church attendance. There's not been much to show. You need to give your heart 
to the Lord. You need to engage your faith today by letting you your life come into agreement now, into alignment with God's will for your life. He's got a blessing He wants to pour out in your life. And today, you've got to make that decision. Or maybe you're here and you're a child of God and you're on fire for God. You're in a season where the enemy is surrounding you. He's coming at you. Fear is from every side. Every day there's a new report that is coming against your faith. You need to hunker down. You need to cling fast. And you need to hold tight. Today, you need to reaffirm that trust in the Lord. And you need to say, God, today more now than ever, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my life. I ask you, God, to anoint me and to use me to do whatever you want me to do, to do whatever you've called me to do, whatever you desire in my life. I want to be that vessel for you. And I know that when you do that, man, the sky's the limit. I'm going to invite us to pray. And as we get the prayer music going, we're going to pray. And we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. And then we're going to conclude by receiving the Lord's Supper together as we do every week. But I just want to invite you today, no matter what is going on in your life, maybe your marriage is dysfunctional and you just know that there are parts of you that you've clung to because of pain and bitterness and God's not been able to bless that area of your life because you've not released that pain to the Lord. You've not offered forgiveness. And so there's still a part of you the enemy has access to. Maybe there's a, a different relationship. Maybe there's a financial burden that you're just stuck under this oppression of poverty, that there's been this generational poverty in your family line and you don't want to live that way anymore, but you seem to do the same cycles over and over and over again. And it's because there's areas in your life you've not submitted and surrendered to the Lord. But I want to encourage you, Father, church family, I want to encourage you to pray with us. We may not hit every every issue in this prayer, but God knows what you're going through. And if you believe in your heart and you speak this in faith and you truly mean it, I know the Holy Spirit's gonna begin doing a work in your life. In just a moment when we're done praying, if you made a decision today, I wanna to encourage you to message our page or in the, in the notes, you know, respond, I, I gave my life to Jesus today or I'm rededicating my life to Jesus or I'm giving God my heart. We wanna be encouraged by what's going on in your life and so we can pray for you as you are making this decision today. So let's pray. Whatever God is doing in your life, you pray with me. Say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thank you, God, for loving me and for sending Jesus into this world to take my place. I trust in his finished work on the cross that it is sufficient to pay for all my sins. Lord, I ask your forgiveness today for every area of my life that's not in alignment with your perfect will. God, I choose today to forgive those that have hurt me, to forgive those that I presently struggle with. God, I ask you to take away the addiction and to break down every idol in my life, everything I've worshiped and put in your place. Lord, today, I renounce fear 
in every attack of the enemy. I'm going to hold up the shield of faith. And I'm going to trust in the word of God. And I'm going to build my life on your word. Holy Spirit, fill me. Lord, let your cup anoint me and my head runneth over. Today I give you my whole heart. Today I give you my whole life. Today I choose to live for you. Jesus, you get to be Lord, now and forever. I just want to pray for you, those of you that made those decisions and prayed. God, I just bless those that gave you their life today. God, I pray that shift would begin even now. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you begin touching each one of them. I can't lay hands on them in person, God, but you can lay hands on them in the Spirit. Lord, that your Spirit would just descend upon them. Lord, they have radical encounters with your Holy Spirit. Radical, life-shifting, heart-aligning encounters with your Holy Spirit even now, God, as you fill them and touch them and work in their lives. Lord, that your blessing would fall upon them in Jesus' name. God, I just pray that all just the tactics of the enemy would be broken off in Jesus name that we would not fear for tomorrow we would not worry about what we uh, you know don't have right now God that we would trust you for our daily bread we'd trust you for everything that we need we'd recognize that man doesn't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God that you would give us a hunger and a passion for your word that we didn't have before this morning God that you would draw us in that we would not only read it we'd memorize it we'd meditate on it we'd let it saturate our hearts that we'd be renewed and transformed in our minds God that we would begin to think like Jesus we begin to have emotions like Jesus we begin to uh, have priorities like Jesus God and that even in this season Lord that your church would arise that you would just fill us with your glorious light God that your spirit would be in power and move in Jesus name God I pray for those right now that are dealing with sickness God for those that are dealing with colds Lord I just pray that the colds are gone even now in Jesus name Lord the sore throats are gone in Jesus name uh, Lord I just pray against all infirmity of, of cancer that it's gone in Jesus name God I pray against every a medical scare that all the results will come out normal and good in Jesus name God I pray against back pain neck pain and headaches and migraines that they're gone right now in Jesus name never to return God I just pray a releasing a physical blessing God of your Holy Spirit God I just see an ankle Lord that it be healed miraculously right now in Jesus name even the bruising God that it be gone right now in the name of Jesus God I just speak against arthritis, that it's gone in Jesus' name. God, the swelling even now would go down, that no more there would be a need for medication right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we just release in faith, Lord, your Holy Spirit to do your work. God, we know we don't have to be present for you to heal. God, we are just releasing that in faith according to who you are. You are the healer. You are King of kings. You are Lord even over every sickness. God, we just speak against coronavirus and we curse it in Jesus' name. We command it to cease. Lord, we bless our county, Genesee County, with a heavenly protection. God, that your hosts would surround us, Lord, that every advance the enemy has made with this virus it would be pushed back in Jesus' name, that there would be an abundance of supplies, that doctors and, and uh, nurses would have not only physical protection, but also supernatural wisdom and understanding. Lord, we'd be able to get on top of it, ahead of it, and remove it even this week in Jesus' name. God, that uh, healing and just, uh, just a supernatural revelation of your glory would just
virus began at birth right here in Genesee County. God, I pray for Clio that the virus would not touch a single person in this city. God, I just pray, Lord, that uh, again, just your angels would go to battle right now in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, doing the work that we cannot do. The Lord, we just believe you for miracles. God, we pray for our nation. We pray for New York. We pray for Los Angeles. God, we pray for those that are stuck on the cruise liners that are not being able to be let back in. God, we pray for supernatural healing that even as they step off the boat, they'd be healed in Jesus' name. God, we just pray for divine intervention in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just believe you, God. We trust in you, Lord. You are the healer. God, your sacrifice in the blood of Christ was sufficient for all sin, for all infirmity. You took all of it on yourself. So we're releasing that healing blessing in Jesus' name. God, we just speak uh, that the end of the quarantine will come, Lord, sooner rather than later. Lord, that it's on its way. Even now, God, the victory is on its way. You've already spoken it. You've already decreed it. Give us the faith to hold on until that revelation in Jesus' name. God, let faith rise in your church. God, let hope rise in us. God, help us to speak hope, to speak life. Let us quit sharing all the doom and gloom and negative press, but begin sharing the love and hope of Jesus Christ, that your glory would be revealed in us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't know why I'm just going to release this. Lord, I just see somebody's having an, an issue maybe with a cat or something. I don't know if the cat is sick or dealing with health issues and you can't take it to the vet. God, I pray. Lord, the, your word says you care even about all of your creation. So, God, I pray for uh, that pet. Lord, in Jesus' name, uh, for healing and restoration, that it would come back and bounce back even now, Lord, that uh, the scare would be over. There's nothing too great, there's nothing too small for you, Lord Jesus. We trust in you. We believe you, God. We praise your name. church we want to say thank you for listening if this ministry has blessed you in any way please consider making a tax deductible donation to www.blchurch.tv forward slash give thank you and god bless